Amen. Good morning. Uh, you can turn over to Hebrews 11, uh, but I have several announcements to start us out, so uh, bear with me here as we go through these. Again, I, I, as you notice, there are some calendars that were passed out. These are the same ones that's in your book. Two things added to it. Now, the reason we did this is because of what's on the back of them. want to make sure we go over that. If you don't have one, that's okay. It'll be popping up on the screen any minute. What's on the back has to do with the rules and regulations of our basketball. So I want to go over that with the whole reason to make sure everybody clear, because I don't want your kid coming home telling you something different. There's only one story. So this is how we're going to handle it. We're going to open up the gym every Wednesday. And so as we're having parenting classes, marriage classes, different things, people can participate in the gym. But we're going to have five specific rules, regulations, for our gym participation. First of all, Paul Harrell will be in charge. He's back there teaching right now, but he will be the man in charge at the gym. So it's not going to be discussions between this brother and this friend. and this. He, what he says is going to be the law of the land. He's going to be the sheriff on Wednesday night as we go in there. Secondly, we're going to start out with a short Bible lesson, maybe five minutes, and we're going to have a time of prayer at 9 o'clock also. So they'll still be able to play afterwards, but we need to set the pace spiritually and end in a good spiritual way as well. So anybody that's going to participate need to be involved in the lesson. They can just sit there. They don't even have to answer questions. You can just sit there and listen for a quick five minutes to get our minds and hearts right before we play. That's just how it's going to be. But in addition to that, we need waiver signs. You're like, waivers? Yes. I know y'all may not have had it before, but we will have it now. Uh, this is just for extra protection. If you are an adult, 18 and over, you can sign your own waiver. But if you are a minor, under 18, you need to have your parents sign it. Now, we have waivers here today. I have about 100 of them printed up. You can take the waiver today, have your parents sign it or whatever, but we'll also have waivers on Wednesday night. So if you are a minor and thinking, oh, I'll just come Wednesday night and sign it, you can't do that. Your parent has to sign it, or guardian. So if you are a minor, you need to take the waiver with you today if you're planning on coming Wednesday if your parent isn't there. If you are an adult, you can do it now or Wednesday night. That's up to you. But if you don't have a waiver, we're not going to let you participate. That's going to hurt some feelings. That's just how it is. Life isn't always easy. Third, fourthly, our guests that come, they need to wait for whoever it is that's bringing them. So we're not going to have, if I invite three different people and they come with their waivers, they can't come in until I get here. We need to come together. Because many times in the past, I ain't going to the past. That's, we're looking for the future. We ain't worried about what happened in the past. So, just to be clear, if you are a, a, a member's child or something, yeah, you can come in there. But if you're inviting somebody, they cannot participate until you get there with them. And then lastly, when we go there, we're going to have a, 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 a blackboard that you sign up. Now, what you do, you just come in there and you sign your name on there. And then the next team, you sign your name. So even if you lose the game, you better run over there and sign your name up for the next one. Because some people come in and stack their teams. They come in and they have like five different players that's good, and we're just going to play all night for three hours straight and just dominate everybody. That's not a lot of fun. But if you just put your name up there, whoever you roll with, whoever you participate with, that's who you play with. That's going to balance things out so everybody can have fun and everybody can enjoy it. But we're playing there to build unity, not just to have a dominant Golden State Warriors team. We're going to play to have fun. So, very simple, basic rules. There's just four, five simple things to look at. Please get a waiver if you're a minor, or you can get one now if you're an adult, or Wednesday night. But those need to be signed. Okay. Look at there. That was pretty easy, wasn't it? Clear communication is a key. 
Now, to, uh, also, this Wednesday, we're going to have the marriage midweek. We're going to be focusing on the marriages and how to strengthen marriages. And uh, it's going to be a little different one this week. So it's going to be a lot more interaction and a lot less speaking on my behalf. So it's going to be a, a good bonding time for y'all. Come prepared to have some good marriage discussions. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, but we did have a great singles devotional this past Friday. It was a great time in there. A lot of food, a lot of fun. Uh, that was good. But also I want to uh, acknowledge, and uh, I'm going to have you stand up, though, uh, the restorations, uh, a sister being restored to the kingdom. Avril Connor, you want to stand up? Where are you at? I saw you walk in and talk to you. Go ahead. and stand up there. I want to acknowledge her. She's like, I didn't want to stand up. It's all right. Praise the Lord. If he said, you want to come to heaven, we'll all be standing up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Also, another prayer request. We need to be praying for Elaine Watson. Uh, she is having a lot of severe back pain. And uh, this Wednesday, she's going to have to get an epidural. Uh, it's going to be given to her. That is not uh, uh, a pleasant thing. It's a little painful. I had to have it in my back and my neck after my car wreck. It's not a pleasant thing. I'm not trying to scare you, Elaine. I'm not sure where you are, but that needle was about that long. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It really is. And, uh, yeah, just build up your faith there, sister. We're going to be praying for you, Elaine, for sure. Now, you know it's bad if Felix is telling me to behave. You know it's bad. Uh, also, one last thing. Uh, today uh, is, will be the first of our leadership training, and I want to be clear on that. That's for anybody. It's not just a Bible talk leader. Anybody wanting to be in leadership. Now, I know there's a lot of things going on today. You got the Super Bowl that nobody cares about. You got uh, purity groups. You got a ton of things. So, for today's leadership class, we're going to start at 12. It's going to be about 10 minutes. I'm going to give you a syllabus of the things we're going to be doing in the future. Uh, so, I'll just let you know now. We're just going to talk about a syllabus. It'll be a 10-minute class, and we'll be setting you up to see what's coming up in the future. So you can uh, go to the other meetings and not miss anything, but we will continue uh, starting March with our class. So it'll be the first Sunday of every month, but this just so happens to be Super Bowl Sunday and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So, hey, man, that's all my announcements. Woo, praise the Lord. That was seven minutes of announcements. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. You should be there by now. I gave you seven minutes to get there. You know, we were talking in Hebrews about the Hall of Faith. And we started talking about Abel and his sacrifice. We talked about Enoch. We talked about Noah. We talked about Abraham. And then today we get to verse 20. And in verse 20 it says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Uh, now, before I go on, let me be clear. That leadership class will be in here at 1145. So I'm going to be done preaching by 1130. 1145 in here, which means we can't just sit in fellowship in here. So we're going to have to move on out as we uh, fellowship because we're going to start at 1145. We'll be done before 12. Okay. Service now. There you go. So by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You say, well, well how is that a faith example for us? What, what, is, what does that really mean? Well, let's go back and look at the story in Genesis chapter 25. First book of the Bible, Genesis 25. We're going to start in verse 19 says, this is the account of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel the Armenian from Padam Aram, 
and sister of Laban, the Armenian. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out, who was, whose hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why it was also called Edom. Because Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is this birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling him his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. You know, you look at this, you think, okay, I've got to understand this picture a little better. Well, Isaac, Isaac blessed both sons in regards of things to come. In other words, God told Isaac, this is what's going to happen. And Isaac fully believed God at his word. And as he shared these things with his kids, he knew this was from God, so he said, this is definitely going to happen. And he had so much faith in what God said that in spite of what he felt, in spite of the things he was going through, he blessed his sons and believed that that is exactly what would happen. All that Isaac prophesied rested on the belief that God's word is true. And this is something that we've got to grasp. We even uh, have this study in one of our studies that we do, the Word of God. That's not a fluff study. That's a study to help us see God's Word is from Him and is true. And it's what we need to base our life on. It needs to be the standard of our lives. So a blessing was pronounced on each of the sons. And Isaac had no doubt that what God said was to be true. Now, a lot of times we're challenged by this because we all believe the Bible, we believe in God, but when it starts coming down to the rubber meeting the road, sometimes it's hard to stick to the truth because we may feel or think something else. You know, uh, the campus ministry has kind of had a revival. There's been some very hard challenges, but I'm very encouraged by how they have responded because they have responded in a way of, you know what, if my salvation is about this, then I'm going to do it. Their salvation, their trust in God has grown beyond what they feel and their emotions. I'm encouraged by the bridge ministry, a part of the campus as we separated. You know, we wanted to help them start to learn how to transition into the singles. And it was a little rocky at first, but you know what? They had enough faith to say, we want to do it. We had some people step up. Even Aaron stepped up to start leading the, the, the bridge ministry. 
And then Khalifa said, you know what? I want to be a leader. I like to lead with it. Now Aaron and Khalifa are leading the bridge ministry. Things are working together in a great way. And so in the Singles Devo, I talked to one of the, the, the bridge ministry people, and I said, hey, how you feeling? He said, you know what? These singles aren't as bad as I thought they were. Because in the mindset, it's like the singles is like a black hole and nobody wanted to be there. It's like, no, no, that's not reality. And now they're seeing it. But you know why they're seeing it? Because the singles have welcomed them in such a loving, godly way. It's been an embracing of them and pull them in. Even with the basketball. When we first talked about it and we cut things out, people was mad. Ooh, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. But now we get a little structure. Get a little organization to it. It's going to be better than it was before. But see, many times we go off of what we feel instead of let's just stay true to what the Bible is saying. And this is what you're going to see. This is why Isaac is in the hall of faith for blessing them. Because it wasn't about his feelings. It was staying true to the fact that God's word is true. And this is what we need to see. Even from the beginning, those two kids were at each other's throats. Isaac's kids. It says again in verse 25, I'm sorry, verse 22, it said, uh, The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? Esau in Hebrew is a word for Herod, and Jacob means heel grabber, which is a term used for anybody that couldn't be trusted, somebody that was deceitful. And as you see, his name became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because he was deceived. But we read in Genesis that the two boys had some major sibling rivalry going on. But in spite of all that, the prophecy, what God said, did come true. Jacob, the younger, would become great. Even among the religious leaders, he was one that they looked to as a man of God. Jacob would be included in the genealogies of Jesus. And you got to notice, as we go through these heroes of faith, each of these ones we're talking about, are all connected to the lineage of Jesus in some way. We read in, a, in, in the Old Testament and New Testament, it talks about Jacob over 360 times, about who he is and what he's done. So when Isaac, when Isaac was blessing his two sons, Jacob was the one that received the patriarchal blessing, the firstborn blessing. And we've got to remember, Isaac was kind of blind when he did the blessing. Look over in chapter 27. Let's read what occurred in this blessing. Genesis 27, verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, I am here, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your weapons, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like. And bring it to me to eat, so I may give you my blessings before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to Esau. When Esau left, from the op- left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessings in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat that he may give you your blessings before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am, and I am a man with smooth skin. Mm. What if my father touches me? 
I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. When he went out and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way the father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skin. He must have been a hairy dude. Then she handed him to her, handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat some of the game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Lying so much, even bringing God into his life. You know that's bad. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he blessed him. Are you really my son Esau, he said? I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's riches an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your sons and your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, sit up and eat some of my games, so that you may give me your blessings. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too. Me too, my father. But Esau said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightfully named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright, and now has taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessings for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you and made all of his servants his relatives, and all his relatives his servants, I'm sorry. And I have sustained him with grain and new wine, so what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, away from the dews of heaven above. You will live by the sword, and you too will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. When Rebekah was told what her older, older son had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is consoling himself with the thought of killing you. 
Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I will send for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Incredible story. Incredible story. Now, as you look at this, Isaac thought he was blessing Esau when actually he was blessing Jacob. And he gave him the patriarchal or the firstborn blessing. Now, again, they were twins, but they weren't identical twins. Actually, even their whole attitude was totally different. And Esau, according to uh, the firstborn, according to the custom in those days, Esau, the firstborn, was to receive the blessings of the firstborn. Now, patriarchal blessing, the firstborn blessing, consists of three simple things. The first is this. They have the right through whom the line of descendants of the Messiah would run. So whoever had that firstborn blessing, patriarchal blessing, that's why Jacob is in the genealogy of Jesus and not Esau, because that was one of the blessings of the firstborn. Secondly, they had the position of being the priest in the family. And then thirdly, they had a right to a double portion of whatever the property was. So they would get, I'm sorry, two-thirds of the property would be theirs. You remember back in um, Luke 15, the prodigal son, uh, and then one asked for his, his, his heritage and he went off and squandered it? Well, the older son got mad because if they had this much blessings right now, property, imagine in ten years it would have been so much more. So the older son got cheated out of some land also of what would have been his. So there's a, a lot behind that, but that's one of the blessings of being the firstborn. Now, this is what we need to remember. Never forget, God knows all things. From the beginning to the end, from the start of Jesus' lineage to the end of Jesus' lineage, God knew who to choose to be in the lineage of Jesus. God knew Esau didn't care about spiritual things. He was willing to sell his birthright for a pot of stew. So he knew ahead of time, Esau was not the most spiritually minded person. So is that who I want in the lineage of my son Jesus? Somebody that doesn't care about spiritual things and willing to quickly give it up for a pot of stew. And see, we got to remember Hebrews 4.13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom we must give an account. So, here's why Isaac is in the hall of faith. Isaac wanted his firstborn to get those blessings. That's what he wanted. That's what he felt. That was in his body. That's everything. That's my firstborn boy. That's the one I take pride in. He needs these blessings. But God is saying this is what's going to happen. And he was willing to let his feelings, his, his energy go to obey what God said. Because what God is telling him is more important than what he feels should be done. More important than what he thinks should be done. So he looked at this and he could have snuck in a blessing to Esau anytime. But yet he trusted and he waited. God's word will be fulfilled and it will be true. How many times do we go off of our feelings and what we think instead of God's word? God is saying this, but we feel this, we think this, we feel like it should happen this way, so we run this way. Instead of, you know what, if this is what God wants, then let it be. God knew Esau and Jacob as they were formed in the womb. They were jostling around in the womb. Look over in Psalms 139. We're going to come back to Genesis, but look in Psalms 139, verse 13. Psalms 139, verse 13. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God knew each and every one of us 
before we even came out of our mother's room. He knew what you were going to be like. He knew your attitudes. He knew what set you off. He knew what excites you. He knows everything about you from the beginning. So now some people are saying, you know what, I just got too much. I can't overcome this. I, I got too much stuff. I can't overcome this impurity. I can't overcome this anger. I can't over- What are you talking about? God already knows not just that you can overcome it, that you already have overcome it because you became a disciple of Jesus and made a decision to change. So now the battle for you is, are you going to believe God who's saying, yes, you can, or believe your feelings and emotions that's saying, i got to struggle through this? Why struggle through it? God has said, okay, I've set you free. Be free. But too many times we want to go by what we feel, what we think, our situation, our circumstances, we got to go by what God said. Because here's Isaac, whose wife lied to him, son lied to him. He shook violently with anger, but he said, you know what? This is God's will. Even though it's not the way I wanted it to be, God told me before, the younger will be ruler over the oldest. And it's happening just as God said. So you know what? Even though I was deceived, I see it as God's will being done. Because God is the director of the past, present, and the future. We sometimes forget who the director is. We want to be the assistant director. There is no assistant director when it comes to God. God directs everything. Every situation you're in right now, you're going through, your family, your job, your health, everything, God has directed that for a reason. The issue is, how long are you going to fight God's direction? How long are you going to kick against the goals? Because God is saying, this is what I desire. Now let me tell you this. God has designed and directed for you to share your faith with somebody and they become a Christian. Now the question is, are you going to follow God's plan? You say, well, if I knew who that person was, I would do it. Are you the director? Or is God the director? God may not tell you who he is or who she is. But yet, he just says, do what I say. The issue is, are we going to have faith in God's direction to do what he says? For some reason, when I talk about evangelism, people get quiet and scared. Why? This is a part of God's plan. you got to understand, God chose you for a specific reason, because you can connect to somebody that nobody else in this room can connect to. So he knew he needed you to help somebody else become a Christian. The guy that studied the Bible with me was this blonde-haired tennis player. You know what? He was met by somebody who just was a normal, average person. And this guy was walking down the street with his headphones on, and the guy stopped him and said, Hey, I want to share something with you. Take your headphones off. Took his headphones off, started sharing with him, and he said, I don't even believe in God. That didn't stop him. He said, You know what? I got a book for you to read to help you believe in God. He took the book. He started reading it. And all of a sudden, things changed for him. He became a Christian. He helped me become a Christian. He went over to Russia from Kansas to Russia, started leading an orphanage over there. That's the one you see, like, when Michael Jackson went over there, Hope for Kids stuff. He called Michael Jackson, got him to come visit over there, started an orphanage, leading a church in Kiev, didn't even know how to speak the language, went over there, got married, got a couple of kids, and now is still leading a church of 3,000 people in Kiev, Russia. Now, I look back to that, and I think... The guy that stopped him in the beginning believed that God had set this man in his way to share his faith. The fact that his headphones didn't stop him, the fact that he didn't believe in God didn't stop him, he still had a mission to share 
because he felt that that is what God called him to. That one person is what he needed. And that one person has changed thousands of lives. Let me say something. God has chosen you to share with somebody. You don't know if the next person you share with may become a, a Christian politician and end up being a president. Lord knows we need, we, you never know what's going to happen. He may end up being some, I mean, you don't know. You know, in India, they have the president's daughter is a Christian. They have so many high-level politicians that they, the government funded them to build their own orphanage and church. The government funded them because of the political people that are now true disciples of Jesus. You have no idea the plans God has for you, but you know their plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So it comes down to this. Am I going to take God and his word, or am I going to keep going off my feelings? So many of us are the one that know my firstborn, he's stronger. He's a hunter. He can go kill me some game and bring it in. I don't want that secondborn. He all up in the kitchen with Rebecca learning how to cook. I want a man's man. He needs to be the one carrying on my lineage. God said, no, slow your roll. I want this one, not that one. And too many times, just as I said, God doesn't judge by mere appearance. That's what man does. God looks at the heart and decides what's needed. you got to understand, even if you're visiting here today and you think you can't overcome something, God is saying, what are you thinking? You're here because you can overcome it. I brought you here to help you overcome it. And at the same time, you got to understand, as disciples, we're here to help people overcome their things. Well, how do you help them? I don't know enough Bible. You don't need all that Bible. You need your life, and you need to point them to God. So many times we're worried about how much knowledge we have. How about how much life? do we have? I have no idea what point I'm on. I just kind of went on off on that because that's what was going on. That's what I felt like needed to be said. So, so what can we learn from Isaac's faith? Point number one, God's word is true. God's word is true. God told Isaac, this is the future, and he trusted it and believed it. In Psalms 119, verse 160, you can just write it down. Psalms 119, verse 160, it says, all your words are true. And your righteous laws are eternal. All your words are true. Do you really believe that everything the Bible says is true? If you do, is it changing your life now? I've been a Christian 20 years. Is it still changing your life? You have 20 years worth of change. Think of how, if you saved a nickel a day for 20 years, how much change would you have? You get that play on words? How much change would you have? A nickel a day? I'm tired. Well, if you're a Christian and you've been reading for 20 years, how much change do you have? In your life. Some of y'all get that about 12.30 later on. But that's all right. Regardless of what occurred, he knew God's word was true and it wasn't going to change. So the promises God made to you. Again, Isaac, he could have been upset. My wife lied. My son lied. All these things. Satan is scheming. You know, we always blame Satan for everything. Satan is scheming here. But he said, you know what? This is God's will. So I'm trusting it. Now, do you still believe it's God's will when you're sleepy? When you're tired, when you don't really feel like getting up going out there, do you still believe that much in God's word when all those things are going on as you would when the day is just perfect for you? See, this is what really shows a man or woman of faith. When times aren't going so great, you still trust in God. So my first challenge for you is this. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Just got two challenges as I wrap it up. Matthew chapter 6. My first challenge for us today. Verse 14. Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, 
your father will not forgive your sin. You have a hard time forgiving people? Better get over it. Think about it. Sometimes God doesn't bless us because there's too much unforgiveness floating around in his ministry. He said, I don't want that in my house. I don't want that unforgiveness in my house. You need to learn to forgive. You may say, well, I don't have any issues with anybody. Okay, great. But you may in the future. Are you still one that is quick to forgive? Because you know what? You're not going to be forgiven if you can't forgive. The second point we need to learn, God is the director of our past, present, and future. God is the director of our past, present, and future. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood that was pretty much uh, all black. We lived in a really low poverty area in Nebraska. And y'all probably thinking, I didn't even know there was black people in Nebraska. It is. But this area, the government started building a highway. So they had to come and buy our house because they wanted to build a highway right where our house was. So they purchased the house and we moved from there to an area that was probably three black families in the whole area. Total culture shock for me. Going from one to the other. And I'm thinking, why? Why did all this happen to me? And then I ended up living in Kansas, which my upbringing helped me relate to different kind of people. So I thought, okay, I'm here to help all those that aren't minority. And then, for some reason, God moved me to New York. Another total opposite flip of the coin. But I look back and I think my upbringing helped me to relate to multiple cultures, races, and creeds. I don't look back and get upset. Why would God do that? And he put me here and I had to be discriminated against for so long. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't good, let's just say that. But you know what? It helped me learn to relate to different people. When you look at your upbringing, do you see what God has envisioned? Or do you see what you feel was unjust? See, so many times we argue with God because we want answers to these questions. You know, pretty soon God going to say, you know what? If you want all these answers, then why don't you just come up here and we'll talk about it. You get that one yet? Think about it. Moses complained about the promised land for so long that God finally said, you know what? You're not even going over there. Stand up there and look at what it's like. But you ain't going over there. We done talked about this long enough. It's over with. Don't ask me anymore. And so Moses didn't get to enter the promised land. You got to ask yourself, how do you view your life experience? Look over in Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, verse 24. It says here, The God who made the whole world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. For one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own prophets have said, we are his offspring. The Bible says God puts us in the exact times and places where we should be so men can seek him. Again, tomorrow and your day tomorrow, God has put somebody in your path who needs have a relationship with him. But he needs you to open your mouth and to help that person know the truth. So the issue is, do you believe what the Bible is saying? Do you really believe that God has somebody waiting for you to share your faith with so they can become a Christian? See, Isaac, he believed what God said. Even though he, he didn't feel good, he was tired, he was cranky, he said, that's what God said, that's what I'm going to do. The issue for you is, are you still willing to do what God says? Regardless of your emotions and your feelings. This is why he is in the Hall of Faith. 
Manuary may be over, but the seeds of Manuary still carry on. We don't know how many people are going to be converted from who we shared with in January. But God says, I will bring in a harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He needs us to do our part. He has set everything up for us, but now he needs us to do our part. Brother and sister, Isaac was a man of faith. He was in the hall of faith because he went off of what God said instead of what he felt, how he thought. He didn't let his anger or frustration get him down. He knew God's word to be true. I want to challenge us this week to live off of God's word. God has somebody set up for you to share your faith with so you can become a true disciple and help them become a true disciple of Jesus. I want to encourage you again. We have waivers here. You need a waiver for the basketball. And we're going to have a meeting here for uh, our leadership thing at 1145. So we can have some great fellowship, but we need to skedaddle out so we can have a leadership meeting here at 1145. I love you. God bless you. Please read over Hebrews 11 because we'll continue there next Sunday. And to God be the glory. Amen.